Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I am your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4, and we started looking at verse number 9, which says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And so last time we started looking at the issue of Love and what it is that the scriptures actually mean when it uses the word love. And we looked at how there are three different words that are actually used in the scriptures to identify love. And we ended talking about that issue of what exactly the brotherly love actually means. And so today we're going to continue looking at some of these aspects of this word love and what it means for when the apostle paul is talking about this issue of love that's actually supposed to be demonstrated by us the members of the body of christ so let's turn over to galatians chapter number six and we're going to start looking at a passage where the apostle paul is speaking to these saints in galatia and explaining to them from a practical sense what it is that they, they are supposed to be doing and how this applies to all members of the body of Christ. And here in Galatians chapter number 6, let's read here verse number 10. It says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So, as part of this idea of doing good unto all men, which is really a demonstration of love towards other individuals, we see how the Apostle Paul puts it, says that it's to be done unto all men, and it says, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. So especially unto those who are part of the body of Christ, those who have believed the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. So especially unto the individuals who have put their trust in that and have been identified as a member of the body of Christ, but he also says that we're to be doing good unto all men. So we're to be doing good unto all individuals. You know, there's not a limit unto who it is that we are supposed to be demonstrating this love to. And, and it has to be said this way because individuals really, by their own actions, put a limit on these things because... You know, they rely on the things of the flesh, not on what the Word of God says. And they will end up doing things to where, okay, I'm not exactly doing good unto all men because I don't like this person for whatever reason it is that they come up with. 
that's not what the Apostle Paul says. He says we are to be doing good unto all men. We're to be demonstrating this care, this love for individuals. And we're to be doing that because love is part of the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, we can turn back one chapter here to chapter number 5 and read verses 22 and 23. Which says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Now, so many individuals, when they read this, you know, they look at it from that aspect of, and they call it the fruits of the Spirit. And that it's... Each one of these is a completely separate fruit. And then they can, by saying it that way, I can kind of pick and choose which ones I want to demonstrate. And then do things like, well, you know, I, I didn't have that one that day. Paul describes this in a manner where he calls it the fruit, the one singular fruit that has all of these things in it. So this one fruit has the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, and the temperance. And you see how the very first one of these things that's part of this fruit is love. So Paul shows how, you know, if we're demonstrating that fruit, we're demonstrating that fruit by the fact that we're walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, as he says in verse 16 of Galatians 5. And when we're doing this, then all of these things should manifest themselves in our lives. And it all starts with this idea of love that we're demonstrating towards other individuals and that's why paul in chapter 6 and verse 10 is saying about how we're to be doing good unto all men which is that demonstration of that love that we're having for other individuals and how this whole thing is tying together as he's speaking to these saints. So we can turn over here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And we're going to see another passage of where the Apostle Paul is speaking to individuals, giving them this information about what is supposed to be demonstrated in their lives. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to start here at verse number 8, and we're going to read down through the end of the chapter, verse 13. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting here at verse number 8, says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, 
I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Now, individuals will, you know, call 1 Corinthians chapter 13. They'll call it the love chapter. And it's called that because, you know, in your modern translations, that word charity is replaced with the word love. And what you see the Apostle Paul speaking of as he's talking about this aspect of charity here, that you see how he's describing that charity is not going to fail and that charity is going to be there as all of those sign gifts that he's speaking of that were there present when the Apostle Paul started his ministry, that as those sign gifts are going away, the charity is still going to be there. Now, as Paul's describing these sign gifts going away, he talks about how they're going to go away when that which is perfect is come. So, from the writing of 1 Corinthians, there was something that Paul identifies, calls it a perfect thing that was coming and says that when that arrives, the sign gifts would be gone and that what was going to remain was going to be the faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Now, individuals have some confusion over what that perfect thing that the Apostle Paul is making a reference to is. And most of the time that confusion is there because they want those sign gifts to still be there. They want to be demonstrating those things. So the perfect way to be, quote-unquote, demonstrating them is to say that they're still in existence and that they have the ability to have them happen. Now, the perfect thing that the Apostle Paul is making a reference to, that perfect thing is is not the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's where individuals want to make it be, so that way they can say, well, he hasn't come back yet, so the sign gifts are still here. The perfect thing is the completed word of God. The Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians talks about how it was given unto him to fulfill, to bring to completion the word of God. So when the Apostle Paul writes 2 Timothy, his last epistle, the word of God is complete at that time. You know, you can ignore those dates that are put there in your study Bibles because those dates will show that the book of Revelation was the last book written. And it's really just done as the thing of, 
Well, we're going to put the dates in order, and because, you know, Revelation is in my Bible after these other books, it has to have a later date associated with it. We let the Word of God define things, and when it says that Paul completed the Word of God, then Paul completed the Word of God. And that's the perfect thing, which gets rid of those sign gifts, and that's why as you see Paul, as he's writing his epistles, you see how he is talking about these gifts. And, you know, he goes from healing individuals to the fact of all of a sudden he's leaving people sick. He's prescribing medications to Timothy, telling him to take a little wine for his stomach's sake and his often infirmities, you know. That's not something that you would have to do if the sign gifts were actually fully functioning at that time. Now, what we see is Paul saying that, you know, what's going to remain is going to be the faith, hope, and charity, you know, that's going to replace all of those sign gifts. And when we look at that word charity, and and we see how individuals, like I said, they replace it with the word love as a thing of saying that that's, you know, that that's what should be there. It shouldn't be the word, it should not be the word, you know, you know charity there. Let's actually define this word charity here so that way we can actually see what it is that the Apostle Paul is actually making a reference to here. And so we're going to read from Webster's 1828 dictionary here the definition of the word charity. And there's actually eight different definitions that are actually given here. So the first one says, in a general sense, love, benevolence, goodwill, that disposition of heart which inclines men to think favorably of their fellow men, to think favorably of their fellow men, and to do them good. In a theological sense, it includes supreme love to God and universal goodwill to men. And then the examples it gives is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Colossians chapter 3, and 1 Timothy chapter number 1. The second one here. In a more particular sense, love, kindness, affection, tenderness, springing from natural relations as the charities of father, son, and brother. Three, liberality to the poor consisting in almsgiving or benefactions or in gratuitous services to relieve them in distress. Four, alms, whatever is bestowed gratuitously on the poor for their relief. Five, liberality in gifts and services to promote public objects of utility as to found and support Bible societies, missionary societies, and others. Six, candor, liberality in judging of men in their actions, a disposition which inclines men to think and judge favorably and to put the best construction on words and actions which the case will admit. The highest exercise of charity is charity towards the uncharitable. Number seven, any act of kindness or benevolence as the charities of life. 
And number eight, and this is the one that most of the time we think of when we hear that word charity. It says a charitable institution. Charity school is a school maintained by voluntary contributions for educating poor children. Now, you can see how, you know, just by the fact that I said that this is what we normally think of when we hear that word charity, you see how the word meaning has changed over time with it. But the original idea related to charity is the fact of that demonstration of love towards other individuals. And it was a demonstration of love that was reflected in the care that was being demonstrated towards these individuals. So it's more than just saying that there's a love. It's the actual demonstration of that love. That's why Paul says that the greatest of these is charity because he's talking about the actual things that result from it. You know, we could almost call the idea of it's love in action. That it's, you know, the thing of where an individual's demonstrating that love through the actions they have towards other individuals. And that's what the Apostle Paul says is supposed to actually be there. That's what he's talking about, this aspect of this brotherly love in the book of Thessalonians that we're studying here. This is what he's actually making a reference to and saying that this is what is supposed to be demonstrated through what they're doing. And if they're following what the Word of God says, they're following everything that's written in Paul's epistles, an individual is going to fully demonstrate this love and care towards other individuals. And we see how Paul actually has to you know, get into a discussion with the assembly in Ephesus about the ideas of how to live the practical life. And let's go over to Ephesians chapter number 4. And we're going to look at a passage we've actually on Sunday mornings, you know, when I've been teaching in the book of Ephesians, this is actually where we're at right now. And we've been looking at this aspect of how it is that Paul really speaks of this life and getting into the practical things after he's laid out some doctrinal information that they're supposed to have an understanding of already. And if they have that understanding of the doctrine, this is how the doctrine is going to live out and what they need to do. And we read here in Ephesians 4, we're going to read verses 22 through 24, where it says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, 
which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the aspect of what it is that a believer needs to do is he's saying about how we're, we need to be putting off the old man and putting on the new man. So an individual puts off the old man by the fact that we're putting off the things of the flesh. When we're walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, then we're putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And when that's happening and we're doing those things, what's going to happen is we're going to naturally demonstrate that love towards other individuals. We're going to demonstrate that care because that's what the Word of God says that we are supposed to do. And we're allowing at that point the Word of God to work in us and through us. That's the responsibility that we are supposed to have. That's what Paul is trying to explain to individuals. And then when you see right after here in Ephesians 4 that he gives that explanation, then he just starts laying out and here's exactly how this is going to happen. And you just see him you know, one right after another laying out, you're going to do this practically. You're going to do that practically. So you see like verse 25 talks about, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So he immediately just gets into this aspect of, okay, if you're going to demonstrate that love, you're not going to lie to each other. You're going to tell the truth to everyone. You know, then he talks about that we're to be angry and sin not. Then, you know, neither give to place of the devil. Then he talks about, you know, not stealing. Then, Next thing, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, then it may minister grace unto the hearers. So he's just giving these things over and over and over. So that way, the saints know exactly what it is that they're supposed to be doing. He, you know, gets in, in chapter 5, you see how he's talking about telling them to walk in love. You know, the love that's being demonstrated towards not only the members of the body of Christ, but the world as a whole, if an individual is demonstrating that love, then they're following what the word of God actually says. And that the issue of demonstrating that love is important because our responsibility is to... You know, make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. We know that God's will is that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Individuals look at how we treat other individuals. And if they see the fact that that love 
is not being demonstrated, then they're going to look and say, well, you are one, are you really following what God's word says? And two, do I really want to be part of what you're doing if that's how you're dealing with other individuals? You know, our testimony in our daily life really does have an impact on a person receiving the things of what it is that we're saying. And that's why when we get into aspects, I guess, of talking about the idea of brotherly love, it is an important aspect of things because we really need to be demonstrating that love towards other individuals. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of previous messages. We have information about how to join our Sunday service or our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, about anything on our website, anything in our broadcast, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.